SLP's podcast. I'm glad you're here. Remember what it was like back in graduate school, or maybe you still are in grad school. Today's episode is part of the CSD Graduate Students Journey Series. In this series, I talk to students who are either in school or fresh into their clinical fellowship year. We talk and cover real subjects like how to get into graduate school, how to find and prepare for a medical internship, thoughts on teletherapy from a student's perspective, and lots more. Get ready for some real conversations with SLP students who are at the very beginning of their careers. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Missing Link for SLPs. I am here with Jordan McLaren, who I have known for a little while because she's been a student of mine, and she's our token audiologist. So welcome, Jordan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Happy you're here. I should clarify, though, you are no longer a student of mine because you are off and on and moving on to bigger and better things. I had you as an undergraduate before. I am, yes. So I do graduate in about 10 days from now, a week from Friday, which is very exciting. Just kind of getting through finals now. And then it's a smooth ride until March. And that's when I figure out if I got into grad school. So fingers crossed. So now there's something very unique about you. I think I just dropped a hint earlier. What is so unique about you? So I am one of the only audiology students that is in a huge class of prospective SLPs. Mm -hmm. Um, It has definitely made life interesting, but I have learned so many valuable lessons from my peers, my cohort. Um, I think it's made me a really well-rounded person and I appreciate everybody that's taught me a lot about another field that I'm going to be collaborating with a lot. So excellent, excellent mindset. So on this podcast, I'd like to ask everybody their story of origin, because sometimes when we get further along in our careers, we lose touch with why we're doing what we're doing. So please share with us why you've decided to become an audiologist. Yes, it was not an easy path. Um, So in the beginning, I was actually going to school at the University of North Dakota, and I was going for forensic psychology. Um, So a vastly different field. I was going to be working in the um, law setting. Um, And then I just realized that it wasn't for me. I wasn't very passionate about it. I was taking courses, um, and I realized that I didn't find any joy in what I was doing. Um, So then I decided to travel quite a bit in high school and in the beginning of college. So I've been to 26 different countries and counting. I have encountered many different languages, um, German being one of my favorites, and also um, American Sign Language as well. And so I was just so intrigued um, with the aspect of communication and sometimes how hearing um, is a little bit underrated when we think about communication Oftentimes we think about facial expressions, we think about speech, um, specifically verbal speech, Um, but there's such a beautiful communication that happens when you also use gestures. Um, And then the person that you're communicating with um, understands the meaning, you know, that is being communicated between the two. So I was really intrigued and I heard SCSU had an amazing CSD program and I was not, (laughs) I was not let down. Um, It's been an incredible ride. So that is how I ended up in audiology. 
You speak like a true audiologist, bringing in that extra dimension of how important hearing is. And it is an integral part of our communication. Sometimes we as speech pathologists forget that. So thanks for that reminder. I think you're the first undergraduate we've had on here. Now that I'm reflecting. I am so honored, you know, um, and I do hope you know that it is so humbling to be able to come on here. Um, You know, I did used to have the mindset of, oh, I have such a long ways to go and the road is so long. Um, But speaking with you has taught me invaluable lessons that I am valuable as I am. Um, And there are a lot of great lessons to be learned while you're an undergraduate student. Absolutely. I think that undergraduate is a wonderful time if you haven't begun the preparations already to begin planting those little seeds for your resumes, for those networking opportunities. Um, I've talked to a lot of students who come and, and seek me out at the end of their you know, schooling and they're like, what do I do now? And I really love it when students think ahead of the game in undergraduate and, and really start planning and cultivating their careers. So we're glad you're here. Why did you choose, um, how did you, tell me about the application process. Oh, so this was a very extensive process, but one that I am very glad that I have been through. Um, It was very nerve wracking at first, just because I had never seen such a big online platform like SIDCAS. Um, You know, I was one of the students in my cohort and, you know, all of us are trying to get this figured out at the same time. So that's when you really create a bond um, with your cohort. You know, those are your teammates. Those are your friends and your people who are going to say, I'm just as confused as you are, but we're going to get through it together. Um, And so there's multiple steps to the application process. Um, The first is just a little bit of busy work. Um, It's filling out all of your legal information. So if you're a citizen, um, you do have to create your letter of intent. And I would suggest doing that ahead of time. I actually did mine a few months before I started my SIDCAS application. Um, Thanks to the wonderful professors in the CSD program who repeatedly told us, um, and I'm glad that they did, that that was something to think about. It was something to um, keep in the back of your mind, something that you you wanted to take your time on. Um, And then also creating your um, graduate resume. That was something that was very challenging for me, um, but something that I think taught me a lot of valuable lessons as well about how far I've come. What are some of the lessons you've learned in creating your resume? I have learned that it is okay to give myself credit for things and to also accept that I have farther to go. Um, So when I was creating my resume, I was very rigid. I was really focused on my accomplishments, um, grades, transferring between universities, placing my GPA on my graduate resume. But I forgot to include important things like um, my collaboration projects with other professors, other audiologists, um, you know, professors from other universities, um, professionals in the Medicare setting. Um, or the medical setting, excuse me. And I also learned that um, I needed to seize more opportunities, um, whether that was reaching out in the community, volunteering. I wanted to be a part of giving back to the community and I wanted me to show in my resume as well. I didn't want it to just be rigid numbers of the grades that I had received because they were already going to receive that information. 
So more than just rigid numbers, your personality somehow came through on that resume. Yes. Um, and I needed help along the way. I wasn't sure how to create my resume in a way that encompassed myself as a person. Um, I wanted my passion to show, um, you know, how much I love audiology and how much work I was putting in outside of a full-time job and full-time school to do that volunteering, to do that community outreach, to spend time with my peers and my cohort and kind of build those relationships. Um, and so I joined a lot of groups. I'm currently a part of the Mincha Future Professionals Committee, uh, which is very exciting. We're doing a lot of big projects now as we speak. Um, I was the co-president of NISLA at um, St. Cloud State where I just finished my undergraduate degree. Um, so there were a lot of different groups I joined and I think including those on my graduate resume it really helped me open up um, so that they could get a more well-rounded view of who I was. What about your letter of intent? Any words of encouragement or strategies there that you can share with us? Yes, absolutely. I think one thing that I would say is be confident in who you are. Be who you are without any apologies. Speak to your love for the major. Um, I think a lot of times we focus on if we have the right GRE scores. Um, I know I was terrified. I said, well, what if my GPA isn't good enough to get in? And after having a conversation with you, Professor Teagles, um, <laughs> that I have the confidence and I have done well. Um, you did recommend um, that I finish stronger on my letter of intent when I shared my first draft with you. And I sat back and I thought about it. And instead of using words that minimized me by saying, I hope I'm good enough to get in, I said, I am one of the best candidates for this opening. You right. know, and I hope that you will consider me for the position. Just being confident right. that I do have what it takes to get into graduate school and then to be a great audiologist. Right. Right. And looking back and seeing the variety of ways that you have been validate, it validated um, in applying for graduate school with your professors, your grades, your activities, your family support, and drawing on all of that. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, my mom always makes comments and it always makes me laugh. And she always used to say, I know you'll do it. And I'm like, mom, but what if? And I, you know, the what if question was always in the back of my mind. And my mom said, no, I have no doubts. And she said, you need to have the same confidence within yourself because confidence um, breeds a great future. It breeds great individuals, you know, who have the capability of going out into the world and being thought leaders. And that is something that I aspire to be and that I am trying to be. Well said. When I was applying for the position as assistant professor, um, I was coming out of a big clinical, um, 25 plus years in the clinical setting, and I did the same thing. What if I don't get the job? What if, and then my heart will be broken and this and that, not really, but you know, I really wanted to step into to the field. And so I spoke with somebody who took my what if and changed it to why not? Why not you? They're going to hire somebody. Why not you? They're going to take somebody in that graduate position. Why not you? And so shifting that mindset from what if <clears throat> to why not to your letter of intent and resume where you point out here's why. 
I'm the best candidate for this one of your positions. I absolutely love that perspective as well. And, you know, I really do think that it relates back to the glass half full or half empty. Mm -hmm. I'm somebody that is a perfectionist. I love to prepare in situations. So what if it doesn't go my way? You know, what if I don't get into graduate school or what if I don't end up um, being an audiologist right out of graduate school? What if I can't travel? And then, um, you know, I started to turn my mindset around and think about, okay, what if? What if it doesn't happen? I have even more opportunities to discover something new. My path is always going to take me to where I need to be. I just need to be open to traveling a different course than I had planned. Some speech pathologists, when they apply for graduate school, have a lot of barriers that they have to overcome. I had a previous guest on this show, Kathleen Scarlett, I believe, and she's Black, and she said she had to apply 25 times to get it before she got into a program. She's one on, on one of the earlier episodes, and it just demonstrates resiliency. Um, getting through grad school is no easy task. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you did teach me a very valuable lesson as well when you talked about um, practicing, getting told no. Go mm-hmm. out into the world, ask questions um, that you know you might receive a no to, but ask them anyway and be fearless yep. in the face of, um, you know what I mean, of, being, of disappointment, of being told right. no. And I think those are valuable emotions as well. Um, because I always try to focus on the positive, but then I realized by doing so, sometimes I was almost hesitant to face those other emotions, those things that could make me a better person. Um, and I'm going to be told no, I'm sure quite a bit. Um, and so I really appreciated that challenge and I do my best every day to at least be told no once, which. Yeah. Rejection and conflict are all parts of life. And learning how to manage those um, hurdles are what advances us. And developing those skills in graduate school is a wonderful opportunity. In fact, um, it's a very good topic if you're going out on, a, on an internship or an interview. And one of the questions that's often asked is, tell us about a time when you had a problem in the workplace or a problem in school. And the people who are asking questions like that, one of the things that they may be looking for is your resiliency factor and your um, problem-solving abilities. And having that healthy mindset is really important. And you cultivate it, you know, applying for grad schools with changing the what if, which is a stance from a place of fear to the why not, which is a place of strength. Absolutely. I love that as well. Um, And, you know, it is a big risk. I think, you know, when we are putting ourselves out there um, into graduate school, a lot of us, I know at first I saw it as this is the next step and it's the only step. This Mm -hmm. is the only main road to get where I need to go. Um, But then I take a look back, um, you know, and I'm retrospective a little bit and I think about where I am now. I never thought I would have taken the path. I didn't know that I would end up at such a great university making um, a lot of the wonderful connections that I've made and um, the wonderful people that I've met. And so I think sometimes um, taking a look back and saying that other road did me some good. Um, And it was scary going down that path for a while, but I think it was definitely worth it. So, 
And if you find yourself in a university that you are not as happy with or on a road that you're not as happy with, the common denominator is not your settings, it's you. And so it's turning those opportunities, those, those disappointments or those less than optimal, whatever you're struggling with, into opportunities. Absolutely. And we're no doubtedly going to face those throughout our entire life, whether that is with our patients and our work and our personal life, um, you know, with our faith, anything like that, I think is, and that's a really important lesson to kind of um, conceptualize over multiple different settings in your life as well. Um, And I'm glad that I learned that um, in my undergraduate (laughs) degree. I think it's something that I'm going to need to take to graduate school with me, um, whether I get accepted the first time or not. I must admit, I'm still preparing myself for the what if, but now I also have the perspective of why not me. So trying to balance those two things out. Well, on the blog, on the website, Fresh SLP, there is a section on the bottom called Words of Encouragement. And they were words that were written for um, from graduate students to undergraduate students waiting to hear and so go look at those if you, if you need some words of encouragement. But I think you got this, Jordan. I know you. Thank you so much. I will absolutely do that. I remember you passed around some wonderful words from the graduate students in our course um, that we took together. Um, and I remember sitting at the desk actually and feeling a sense of peace, just knowing that there were students who were once in our situation who now have found peace doing what they're doing, you know, when they're so fulfilled in their lives because they're so passionate about where they are um, and everything turns out okay in the end. Sometimes it's hard to see that far, but just knowing that somebody has been where you are and has the light at the end of the tunnel makes things better. And if it's not okay, it's not the end. It means you have more of your journey to go. Absolutely. So we're almost out of time. I have one more question. And at the beginning, before you and I even hit the record button, you said you'd come back for part two. Yes, absolutely. I would be so excited to do that. That will be fun. Um, Part two will include relationships with professors, managing stress, and and some other things. But before we go, tell us now, you've you've worked us, you've applied for your graduate school um, programs, you're waiting. How are you going to decide um, which program to choose? That is a very good question. So I am applying to five different graduate schools, all of which actually have different specialties uh, within the audiology field. So um, my number one school would be in Iowa. Um, They happen to be the second ranked audiology school um, in the state, which is a great thing. Um, But even more than that, um, when I went to go tour, it felt like home. Um, The professors that were there were very welcoming, accommodating. They have a wonderful cochlear implant center, which is what I'm hoping to specialize in. And honestly, if I don't get into that school, I think it's going to be difficult, but it's going to force me to open up um, and really look into some other options. So looking into working with adults rather than just children, looking at working maybe with a balance disorder, which I might not have considered as much as a cochlear implant. So it sounds like you have some ideas on what you are looking for in a graduate program and where you want to go with your career. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, and I'm not ashamed to admit this, but at first I was very focused on the location of my schools. How far away from home am I going to be comfortable living in a new place? Am I going to be able to afford and adapt to the environment? Um, you know, but as I was thinking about it, my passion is going to take me all over the world and serving individuals is going to happen in places that I'm both comfortable with and it's going to take me out of my comfort zone as well. So I started focusing less on where the school was, I think, and more on what drew my heart the most and what my passion was and what school I felt at home with. Very, very good. I also think that part of a graduate program is to expose you to things that you may be uncomfortable with and give you a variety of opportunities to fully explore your field. I remember in grad school, I was on a cleft palate um, student cleft. Well, we were the students, but we were with the cleft palate team. I mean, I would never have that opportunity. And it was scary for me at that time, but it's a, a good graduate program will introduce those students and give them a very broad base of opportunity, education, and application. That's incredible. And I love that you mentioned that as well. One of my schools, actually, I was peeking at the curriculums before I started applying. Um, and the University of Iowa actually starts clinic the second week of your first year. So they toss it right in. Um, but they did mention that the patients that you see um, are very kind, welcoming. They know that you're a graduate student. Um, and I think that's wonderful just to be immersed in it. You know, we've taken so much time to learn all this information and to absorb everything we know. So to be able to go out and practice it right away and to hone in our skills and make them better, it's a very nerve wracking, but a very exciting thing as well. We are nearing the end of our semester here at the time of this recording. And I run the aphasia group and I supervise the students. And after the the members of the group clicked off. Uh, there was one other student and I remaining behind and she was a little teary, right? Cause she just had said goodbye to a client that she had worked with for, you know, the whole semester. And it was very, and that's, she spoke, not everybody has to cry when we say goodbye to our clients, but we want to have that connection. We want to have that real exchange and know that we're making an impact with those that we work with absolutely. and they have an impact on us. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree with that. And I think that's something that drew me to the CSD field as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, along with being able to have that journey with your client to see where they started off with um, and then to get them where they're going. Um, I always like to tell people um, that you are amazing on your own. I am only here as in hearing to help <laughs> you get along the path of being the great successful person that you are meant to be. Um, and so I'm so grateful to be a part of that journey and also use hopefully more funny puns like that um, in my work as well. But it truly is incredible, I think, because we're able to have that connection um, with our clients and our patients. And that's not mm -hmm. something that um, all other careers would allow. So I feel very grateful. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm looking forward to part two with Jordan McLaren. Me as well. I hope today's conversation has created some aha moments for you and motivated you to become a better SLP. 
continuing to connect some of those missing links between what you know and how to use that knowledge. Thank you for downloading the missing link for SLP's podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, I'd love you to subscribe, rate it, and leave a short review. Also, please share an episode with a friend. Together, we can raise awareness and help more SLPs find and connect those missing links and get the information needed to help them feel confident in their patient care every step of the way. Follow me on Instagram and join the Fresh SLP community on Facebook. Show notes are always available, so come learn more at freshslp.com. Let's make those connections. You got this. from all of us here at Fresh SLP. We are celebrating 42 episodes of The Missing Link for SLPs. We are going to take a holiday breather and hope you will join us for a time of reflection, gratitude, and preparing for the new year. We will be continuing our conversation with Jordan, a part two, and the new year, as well as talking about more strategies for getting into grad school, working on your resume, and how to be the best audiologist and SLP you can be as you launch your career. In the meanwhile, enjoy the archives. Dig in at freshslp.com slash podcast. Maybe you missed an episode or something will become more clear now. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. We look forward to talking with you more in 2021. Happy holidays from all of us here at Fresh SLP. 
We're celebrating 42 awesome episodes and are going to take a holiday breather and hope you will join us in a time of reflection and gratitude and preparation for the new year. We will be continuing our conversation with Jordan in the new year, along with talking about more strategies for getting into grad school and being the best SLP or audiologist you can be as you launch your career. While we look forward to connecting in 2021, we encourage you to revisit all of our archives, maybe missed an episode, at freshslp.com slash podcast. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you soon. We're celebrating 42 episodes in 2020, the year we launched the missing link for Fresh SLP. We are going to take a little holiday breather, and we hope you will join us in this time of reflection, gratitude, and preparation for the new year. We will be coming back in the new year with part two of our conversation with Jordan and more strategies for being the best audiologist and SLP you can be as you launch your career, talking about how to get into grad school, working on your resume, and more. In the meanwhile, we hope you take a chance to listen to our archives and enjoy. Um, Maybe you just became a fan, so dive in, and we hope to be hearing more soon.